Hello, hello, and welcome to Rivalry Week on the Pick and Play podcast as the Ravens and the Titans will be squaring off this week as a rematch from the humiliating loss that the Ravens suffered at the hands of the Tennessee Titans last year in the playoffs. We will be breaking down uh, four of the marquee games from the weekend, some of the news from the Thursday night games, and then we will be closing the lid with Baltimore-Tennessee trash talk. So let's jump right into the NFL week that is ahead And let's go, let's stay in your division, let's stay in your division, let's talk Colts-Packers. This is a big game, uh, kind of for both teams. The Packers need to keep pace uh, in the NFC side of the world. Moving to 8-2 will put them in a pretty good position. Uh, We'll get to the Saints later, who will be chomping at the bit. The the Seahawks win last night, kind of same old story, but let's go Packers-Colts. Obviously, you want the Packers to win. What are you looking for in this game? Um, I'm looking for the Packers offense to hopefully do their thing against the Colts. The Colts defense, it's looked like, and the numbers back it up, one of the best units in the league. Yep. They're giving up the le- the least amount of yards per game, total yards per game. And so I, I don't expect this to be a very high-scoring game because if it is, then the Colts are going to lose in a blowout. I don't see the Colts scoring 30 with the Packers. So I... I think that this one's going to be ugly and I'm just hoping that Aaron Jones and Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams can do enough to get this victory because the Titans need all the help they can get at this point so I actually think this is going to be a I think this is going to be a a bloodbath um so here in terms of scoring points I think both defenses are decent but unfortunately neither defense is spectacular oh man Uh, fucking cats running around (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> fucking shit up um just knocked over a fucking box next to me uh let's Keep see that in there. Keep going. oh i know i gotta i, I gotta now i'm working through it now i'm working through it okay okay a little disturbance there i think we're back i think we're good to go now uh let's talk about <laughs> why these teams aren't really a good matchup fucking cats all right so uh, the thing that really, I, when I look for on defense, obviously the Colts are capable of stopping the run. Uh, they do well against the pass. They just play overall really competitive on all levels in the in for a defense. The problem with them for me is they don't do the thing I need them to do, and that's rush the passer. So when we look at, we say, okay, Aaron Rodgers, how many times he been sacked this year? Ten. 10 that's that's nothing um drew Brees has been sacked 10 times to put this in some perspective of where 10 is ben roethlisberger's been sacked 10 times um the other people that have been sacked 10 times in this realm philip rivers is eight ryan fitzpatrick is no longer starting as a 10 alex smith who's played two games as a 10 dak prescott who only played three games as a 10 and uh, Nick Mullins and Jimmy Garoppolo both have 11 each. So the the people that have only gotten sacked 10 times as a starting quarterback or less are Drew Brees, who's now out, Philip Rivers, Ben Roethlisberger, and Aaron Rodgers. Okay, so those teams you cannot get to. Now, when we flip to the defensive side and I say, okay, Green Bay and Indy, you're giving up no sacks this year. But how often are you getting to the quarterback, right? These are the things that uh, setting a good offensive line that uh, doesn't give up sacks and doesn't have negative plays is a good way to say, hey, this offense is capable, right? So let's flip to the other side of the ball. Green Bay 
is 24th overall in sacks this year with 11. And 29th is the Indianapolis Colts with 10. So I don't think either one of these teams is going to get to either quarterback. Maybe at all. This could be a completely clean day. And if Phillip Rivers stays clean and Aaron Rodgers stays clean, I don't care what the rest of your defense does. They're going to put up points. I honestly think that this is going to turn into a little bit of a bloodbath, and that's why I don't like the Colts, is because I think Green Bay is going to be able to throw the ball around, run the ball where they need to, and stay open and stay clean in the pocket. I think this game could end up being like a 33-28 type of game. Oh, wow. It's strength on strength, so we're going to see which unit is better. The The Packers have the number nine offense in the league going into this game. Uh, the Colts have the number one defense going into this game. So uh, we're going to find out which unit on each side of the ball is, is the better unit, I guess, and that's going to determine the outcome ultimately. Yep. Let's flip over to the other top dog in the AFC, NFC. This is New Orleans. They go against Atlanta, and this is actually going to be a little bit of a tricky game. Uh, for me, the thing that I'm looking for here, uh, Taysom Hill is going to be playing in this game. Not only playing, but they just said that Jameis Winston doesn't have any offensive packages. That doesn't make any fucking sense. Uh, so Jameis Winston is either not going to be part of this game at all, and Taysom Hill is going to take every single snap, or they're lying. Um, I would be more inclined that they're lying. But at the same time, I'm not really sure what's going on there. What do you, what do you, what do you take out of this news that's just breaking now? I thought that it was weird um, because last week when when Drew Brees gets hurt, it's not Taysom Hill that goes in and takes over our quarterback. It's Jameis Winston. So I mean, in in this week, did Taysom Hill suddenly? grab a hold of the offense I just don't understand why they didn't put him in at quarterback last week and now this week suddenly he's the unquestioned starter I don't really like the Saints in this game I don't care if it is the Falcons that they're playing I think that this is a divisional matchup like we say almost every week those divisional matchups can get a little weird Atlanta's won three of the last four ever since they fired Dan Quinn so I think that Atlanta's coming in feeling good and the Saints I don't feel good about the Saints if Drew Brees isn't behind quarterback, regardless of what they're saying, if it's Winston or if it's Hill. I don't really care. I don't feel good about that offense unless Drew Brees is the one that's back there. Uh, so I kind of like the Falcons here, honestly. I like the Falcons as well in this game. I will say that I think Taysom Hill is going to give their offense a different dynamic. I don't think he's a good quarterback, and I don't think he can throw the ball effectively in any way, shape, or form. That may be fine with what they try to do. Uh, I you think d- they're going to go with like a Tebow approach where everything is going to be a, an option type yes. play? Yes, yes. Everything will be an option type play, which I think is fine. There's just a lot of film on that in the NFL. I think that can work for a game. I don't know how much it lasts longer. The other thing is, I don't know how much about this is uh, monetarily driven. And, and here's what I mean. Jameis Winston has incentives to make up, make an increased amount of money as he goes. I think it's something like $1.8 million he can get in incentives. This is a hard, cash-strapped, capped team. They don't have any wiggle room. I'm wondering if they're trying to buy off Jameis for one or two weeks with Taysom Hill, eke a couple wins out and then turn it over. 
I I don't see anything encouraging about Taysom Hill. I, I just don't care. I think you're going to be able to run some cool things, but nothing that anyone else hasn't already run better. You're going to get a really shitty form of the Wildcat. That's fine. I like... Uh, look, it, it, I, the Saints' defense is really good, so they could hold them together just on that. I just think that going, hey, we're just going to not throw the ball at all is dumb. I also think what ESPN Fantasy just said that uh, they will allow Taysom Hill to be a tight end for this week. Um, that's that's kind of crazy, right? That's th- like exposing a loophole. That's so stupid. It's so fucking stupid. One person is going to be able to start a quarterback at tight end this week. A starting quarterback at tight end this week. That's not fair. Like, that's bullshit. I mean, to say that, you know, Winston doesn't come in and take a few series and he does play tight end. I think we're going to find out how fair it was after the fact, I think. I don't care. He's not a... F- okay, uh, Lamar Jackson can start at running back. Kyler Murray gets a start at running back. That's way, that is way, that is way. You could draw that parallel in a heartbeat compared to drawing Taysom Hill to tight end. Not running back, tight end. That's I mean, bullshit. What, what position, uh, normally, on a normal week, what position would you say that he plays? Running back. So you think he should be listed as one? I think, uh, honestly, he should be listed how the team lists him as a quarterback. He's really a, a good special teamer. He's a great special teamer. Uh, he's a, you know, he's a less talented Julian Edelman. He's a less talented Wes Welker. Uh, those guys threw the ball in fake plays well. Julian Edelman's, uh, uh, who's the other one? Uh, Mohamed Sanu has a, a good history of throwing the ball. Um, the punter for the Ravens has more completed passes than Taysom Hill. I, I just, I don't know. Call him either a quarterback or a running back. I think the tight end slot and you do it because, uh, look, there's only like two or three tight ends worth starting. So now someone's going to get, Taysom Hill's going to have at least 10 carries. When's the last time your tight end ever got two carries? When's the last time Uh, a tight end got... I don't know. Unless you have Evan Ingram, you're probably not seeing too many carries. You're not seeing any. Like, your, your starting tight end gets zero carries on the air because it's a tight end. He's on the line. The tight end doesn't move into the backfield. Fundamentally, this makes no fucking sense. You want to put him at a halfback? I'd even recognize that. But a tight end, he's never on the line. Like... Ah, this is just a stupid so do you fucking. Think that he should have multiple uh, player designations. Like, no. Uh, on one of my fantasy leagues, Cordero Patterson, you can play him at both running back and wide receiver. Okay. Do you think it should be something like that? I think you maybe want to put him at running back or quarterback. I just think the tight end. I'm like, I don't know. That's silly. And to do it this week when he's the starting quarterback makes no, like that makes no fucking sense. Like, understand how crazy that sounds. So, hey, this is the first week Taysom Hill has actually declared the starting quarterback. And you as an organization go, starting tight end. He can start for tight ends. What? Where? Where was this any other week? Why did this just pop up? Conveniently enough, it is just my luck that in one of my leagues, I'm facing this exact same scenario where the guy I'm playing has Taysom Hill in at tight end right now, so <laughs> I might be pissed on Sunday, but yeah, 
Yeah, it's whatever. Let's move on. I think it's a dumb move. I don't think Taysom Hill's worth it. He wasn't worth $11 million. We've already broken that down. Um, and, and you have Jameis Winston, who you can win games with, I think gives your offense a better chance, and you're just going to neglect it. That's whatever. Let's move on from the Saints, who uh, are at the top of that division, struggle, or you know could be struggling now with Drew Brees out. Also, to go into Drew Brees' injury, I don't know if you heard it, five cracked ribs and a deflated lung, and they say he's out a minimum of two weeks. He's 41. He's 41. Like Yeah, when I saw cracked ribs and a, a punctured lung or whatever it was, yeah. I thought he was going to be done for the season. And then I looked down and it said two to three weeks. And I said, what? No, he, I'm going to tell you this. I think he's done for the season. I think and he's maybe done. maybe forever? Yes. <laughs> I think we could have seen Drew Brees' last snap. You understand that he's only gotten hit, like we went through, 10 times Drew Brees has gotten sacked this year. 10. One of them, one of them crippled him. Crippled him. He has five broken ribs and a deflated lung. Like, what? Two to three weeks will never happen. We, I, don't, I will say it. I don't think we've, we see Drew Brees throw another pass in the NFL. I think he's cooked. Right, the, I had him in one fantasy league, and I just dropped him after that because I said, there's no way. And even if you come back, I'm good. I think that it, if... I think one of the reasons he went and sought extra opinions is because they told him secretly, you're not playing. You really shouldn't play again. You take one more hit like that because those ribs are going to take months to heal. So they're not healed. You take one more hit like that and it could kill you. And I think that's what that's what they, they told him. And I, th- I think it's a dirty little secret right now because no one wants to announce that he's played his last game in the NFL. No one wants to do that in the middle of this season. And they're all going to give out hope. But 41 Five broken ribs, one deflated lung, two to three weeks. No, not going to happen. Unless they just jack him up on steroids real quick. That's just not going to happen. So I think that's it for him. This is probably his last season. You might as well just throw those PEDs in there. Yeah, and maybe they do, right? Maybe they go, hey, look, this is what we're going to do. I don't put it past an entity to let one of their star players try to make a run back into the playoffs, but... 41 years old, five broken ribs, one deflated lung. Off one hit, he's been hit 10 times this year. And he's he already looked washed up. Let's let's not act like he was looking great beforehand. He already looked, like, crusty. So, you know, I'm not eating the food that didn't look good and then got hit by the car. So, <laughs> you know, uh, it's whatever, but that's where I got it. All right, last game in the NFC that we really want to break down. Bucks rams The Rams, uh... Just kind of keeping it moving around now. They look like they're bound for the playoffs. I thought that they maybe, um, I, 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 I thought that they would maybe take a step back. They've done pretty well. Um, I do think this is a horrible matchup for them. I think the Bucks, the way that the Rams really operate is they dominate with Aaron Donald and they dominate with Jalen Ramsey, and then they allow their other pieces to perform. At, it it kind of they don't need to perform as well because they're able to win these one on ones that basically make it a uh, uh, like a nine on eight type of scenario. You got to you you double Darnold a lot. Um, Ramsey's able to take your best out of the game. It does a lot for you. So um, unfortunately, I think this is a game that the Bucks match up very well because they're deep across the board. So they're able to take advantage of those little things the Rams try to hide be, that that they rely on you not having the depth to deal with. Um, so I, I really like what the Bucks are going to do. I think that the Bucks will get the ball moving offensively like they did last week against the uh, Carolina Panthers. 
I think this is a game, same scenario. As soon as the Bucks start scoring points, the Rams are going to be out of this game. They don't have – Jared Goff cannot go back there and sling the ball over and over again. He gets too predictable. He starts to turn the ball over, and then the end of the game cascades. Yeah, this is another one of those strength-on-strength strength matchups, and that's part of why I'm not completely sure what I think is going to happen here. You got the Rams coming in with a top-10 offense. Uh, the Bucks also have a top-10 defense. The, the, the Rams have a top-5 defense. The Bucks have a top-5 offense. So I'm, I'm curious what's going to happen here on this Monday night matchup. And I think this is one of those matchups where Aaron Donald's value skyrockets even higher than it normally is because we know that the thing that bothers Brady is pressure up the middle. So if, if Donald can get into the backfield and, and get Brady moving around back there, then I think that the Rams have a good chance. Uh, that being said, I like the Bucks going into this matchup because I think that they're more capable of scoring points than the Rams are. Yeah. The, the Rams have Jalen Ramsey back there, but the Bucks are trying out Mike Evans, Godwin, and and Antonio Brown. And um, Ronald Jones looks pretty good, too. So I, I just think that they're going to be able to find a way to generate offense, even if uh, the, the Rams' pass rush is, is active. Yeah, I, I'm, um, I just think that this game's going to – I think that Aaron Donald's going to gonna really impact uh, Tom Brady – but I think that they'll prevail through. I think that they're going to be fine. I, I like the Bucks in this game. Uh, let, oh, let's let's tie out the NFC recap right now with the game that happened last night between the pretty much two two big contenders, uh, the Cardinals and the Seattle Seahawks. Now, I had said on Twitter last night I actually like the over, which was pretty close to hitting. Um, the the two things I don't like about the Cardinals. Okay, Cliff Kingsbury runs a great offense. The guy's ability to control the clock and the flow of the game is horrible. Horrible. He has no feel for the game and calling a game when it gets down to the nitty-gritty. Almost every single NFL game is decided by seven points or less. So when people say, oh, you know, they only lost, you know, they lost six one-score games. Okay, almost every game is a one-score game. It just is. There's a garbage-time touchdown to bring it back. One team was in the lead the whole way, and, you know, they're up nine, and you score seven, and then they win by two because they get the old-side kick. Like, there's so many reasons why a game ends in one score that you need to be good in crunch time because you need to give yourself an advantage to win those games or have a super elite quarterback that wins them for you, i.e. what Andy Reid has dealt with. Andy Reid's terrible, terrible, terrible at clock management. However, Patrick Mahomes is good enough to make up for it. Okay, flip over. Kyler Murray is a great quarterback. Well, Kyler Murray is a good quarterback. Let me back up. He is not Patrick Mahomes. He is not Lamar Jackson. Okay, I'm sick of this. I'm sick of it. I'm sick of it. I'm sick of it. Kyler Murray has one thing that Kyler Murray throw can throw a ball really well to the outside, which is something that Lamar Jackson can struggle with. But the thing that happens to Kyler Murray more often than not is he gets swallowed up by a defensive line. And you can watch for this. He has balls batted down against him every single game. It's crazy, but it's every single game. The other thing that happens is because he he has these weird throwing lanes is he has to float balls sometimes that he should be able to rocket towards the receiver. This floating of the ball allows defenders to close the gap 
and make the play on the ball. A good example of this is at the end of the game, Andy Isabella is streaking towards the corner of the end zone, and Kyler Murray, with pressure in his face, lobs the ball, and it floats to where both Seattle defenders converge on Isabella at the same time as the ball's getting there. If the ball had been let go earlier or had been thrown in there with power, it would have been delivered on time for a touchdown. Instead, it falls incomplete. This is what happens to Kyler Murray time and time and again. And I think Kyler Murray can be a successful quarterback. From a quarterback perspective, I think he can do everything for you. I'm actually going to believe that Cliff Kingsbury doesn't know how to set him up to be as successful as he could be. He does really well when you give him time to work. Kyler Murray runs the ball very well. Uh, Similar narrative to how we talked about uh, Lamar Jackson. But what to me separates these two is I do think Lamar can throw the ball better down the field. I do think he throws more power. And I feel like Kyler Murray too often gets caught in this realm where A, he's getting balls batted down behind him. If you contain him and keep him in the pocket and make him throw the ball and you contain that pocket, his throwing lanes become wonky and he has to sail the ball. And if Cliff Kingsbury can't do things to get him out of that mode, he will continue to ride a roller coaster of really good games and then games where he comes up just a little short. I, watching that game last night, I don't disagree with anything you just said, but watching that game last night, I didn't feel like it was Kyler Murray's fault necessarily that they lost that game. I I thought that they couldn't get the run game going, and they got kind of one-dimensional. On the other side of the ball, the Seahawks did have the run game going. It was kind of like a throwback Seahawks performance. You know, that's not how they've been winning games this year. Uh, Russell Wilson only finishes with 197 yards passing. It's a, a throwback Seahawks yep. performance. They were really running the ball. But on the other side, the Cardinals couldn't get anything going via the run uh Kenyon Drake averaged 2.6 yards a rush even Kyler normally does a good job picking up first downs with his legs but they were locking that up too and I I thought that their inability to run the ball was ultimately what hurt them they couldn't really get any drives going because it was all on whether Kyler could complete a pass or not I actually called out on Twitter that this would be an old school Seattle game that they would get back to the run because I got news for you Russell Wilson's really really fucking good But he needs balance. We saw that the last couple weeks. Almost every quarterback needs balance. There are very few that don't need balance. Very few in the history of the NFL. We've seen a couple recently. Uh, Big Ben didn't need a running game, although he had one for most of his career. Now, what's funny is they're not going to know he doesn't have one. Um, uh, Tom Brady had a complimentary run game. Peyton Manning had a complimentary run game. These teams all need a complimentary run game. It's, they are able to cook and win you games, but when you say, hey, you need to cook and win every single game, you run into trouble. I believe Russell Wilson should throw more than the Seahawks were doing in the past, but there has to be balance. I thought yesterday they went back to a balance, and they did. I want to read one quick Kyler Murray stat out because it reads a lot like how people talk about Lamar Jackson. Kyler Murray and the Arizona Cardinals are now one eight and one over the last two seasons when Kyler Murray is held under 30 rushing yards. If he is held under 20 rushing yards, he is 0, 5, and 1. Yeah, they need his legs, especially if they're not going to get anything from the run game. Like they need this offseason, I think that they need to address that. I don't know if it's scheme or I don't really like Kenyon Drake, so maybe it's that. But they need to find a way to give him some help in that in that aspect because they haven't really been that great running the ball all year. Chase Edmonds has looked good a couple times, but really it's been Kyler. 
Yeah, and 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 this is the thing. When you make him, of course, everyone, it's so funny. When you make him throw the ball, okay, look, grow up, everybody. If your quarterback can run and pass, and he can't do both of those, okay, there's still a chance for you to run, throw the ball. What it most likely means hidden in these stats is you are playing from behind. And I have news for everyone out there. If you're playing from behind, you lose the game more often than you win. That's how it works. The team that's winning the game is winning the fucking game. You don't you don't go, oh, well, the other team's winning. I guess they're the worst team. I should now be able to win all the time. I don't know where this idea came about. But there's a good reason that winning teams win the game and the losing teams lose the game. It, they normally don't lead. It's, it, we, we get excited when there are lead changes back and forth. But it is not the norm in an NFL game. You, Everyone has to reposition their mind. If your quarterback can run the ball and throw the ball, like Lamar and Kyler both can, and you are losing the game so they can't run the ball as much, which means your offense is in a worse position, then the quarterback, more likely than not, is not going to do well. And that's probably more to do with the offensive system they run and not the player themselves or the talent around them. See, when I look at Lamar, and we'll break this down a little bit, Lamar's, who the fuck is he throwing to? At least Kyler can throw the ball to D-Hop. Look, they should have lost last week if it wasn't specifically for D-Hop. So, right. you know, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not getting down on this guy after one fucking game. What? Kyler got the ball? Yeah. Kyler hit the end zone with the ball. <laughs> That's all the props he gets, okay? He threw the ball into the end zone. Derek Hopkins went above three motherfuckers and took the ball down. Congrats for Kyler getting it to a spot in the end zone. And then let's talk about how fucking great DeAndre Hopkins is and how happy you are to see him out of your fucking division. <laughs> I'm very – shout out Bill O'Brien, my boy. I know. Real, uh, a true AFC South lifer helping everyone else. Can't, can't get it. through it. All right, let's flip over to the AFC and talk about one AFC game before we get into Titans versus Ravens. There is a pretty big, weird matchup. The Las Vegas Raiders are home, hosting the Chiefs off a bye. The Chiefs have one loss this year. It's to the Raiders. And as we've stated on this podcast, I don't, I don't know if anybody has a better winning resume than the Raiders. Um, there, there are teams with better records, obviously. But when it comes to who have you beaten... The Raiders have some pretty fucking good wins. They, you know, they beat up on the Panthers, the Saints. Um, they, they did lose the Patriots and Bills. That's that kind of sucks. They beat the Chiefs. They've beaten the Chargers and the Browns now. Uh, you know, and they lost to the Buccaneers. They basically have either lost to playoff teams or beaten and beaten some of the top dogs. So here they come into this week: Chiefs versus Raiders. Chiefs off a bye. The Raiders, you know, I, I don't want to throw them out here, but the Chiefs off a bye looking for revenge. The Chiefs are going to be fucking amped for this game. I think that the Chiefs are about to score 50 on them. I don't know if you've seen it or not, but the Raiders have 10 defensive players oh, no. that are on the COVID list right now. And so I fully expect, I, I, I don't know who those 10 players are, but if they're missing 10 players on their defense, I fully expect Mahomes to throw for 400 
that f- four touchdowns, you know, something like that. He might sit the fourth quarter out. That's what I see coming. If 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 the Raiders don't have their players on defense, this is going to be ugly. Yeah, I I think it's going to be ugly. I think the Ra- the Raiders will throw the ball around a little bit and they'll have some shots, but. Uh, the Raiders are the one team YOLOing this whole fucking thing. The Titans did it early on and kind of learned their lesson. Um, the Raiders had... Actually, I want to say this. The Titans, when we look back on this season, the Tennessee Titans are going to have gotten the best deal from COVID over anyone. Everyone else is just having to deal with whoever they fucking lose. Somehow, the Titans got to play and got to push all their other games back. Uh, remember, the Raiders had all their players go on COVID versus the Patriots, their entire offensive line versus the Patriots, and got only a few of them back for the game. Uh, the Patriots had to play the Kansas City Chiefs with Cam Newton on the COVID list. There, there, multiple teams have gotten hit hard by this COVID list. The Titans actually skirt by it. The Raiders now have lost their whole offense and now their whole defense going into a rematch on Sunday night against the Chiefs. I do think at least this will be an entertaining game, but I don't think the Raiders are going to be able to put another great game plan together uh, to to beat the Chiefs. I think the Chiefs walk away with this one. Yeah, I know that I don't know all the names on the Raiders defense, but uh, one name that's sticking out to me right now on the COVID list is Jonathan Abram. I think he's the heart of that defense. And so if he is missing, like I said, I'm expecting Mahomes to go for 400 and for this to be a, you know, a 38 to maybe 21 type of game. Yeah, uh, 38-21. You know, I think that's right about right. 38-24, 38-21. That's where I see this. Maybe even more. Kansas City is... Andy Reid said he's they're out for revenge. That's scaring me because Andy Reid doesn't talk about shit. So, that's, that's pretty brutal. All right. Let's do it. Fuck you. Fuck you. Tennessee Titans coming in this week. Baltimore Ravens rematch. And neither one of our teams look very good. <laughs> I, I was I, I would have been a lot more ready to talk shit if the Titans like resembled a playoff team in any way in the last month, but they haven't, and so now I'm mostly scared. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, I'll tell you this. I think it's gonna be a high scored game. I don't know what the Tennessee Titans are gonna be able to do to stop Baltimore running or throwing. Likewise, Nothing, I don't because they haven't stopped anyone from running right. or throwing. So I fully expect Lamar to have a great day. Yep. And I think that's, I mean, look, the Ravens losing the Patriots, I did not, I, sh- I did so much research on the weather and I had a really good week. I went 4-0-1 and and on my best bets, no, 4-1-1 and in my best bets, um, and I didn't look at the, ra- the weather for the Ravens game and it was monsooning and I was like, oh my god, this is just, you know, when it rains like that, to be honest, it is now a crapshoot of a game. <laughs> When it rains right, like that, cold, too. cold you're it? like, okay, anyone can win this fucking game. Now, the, here's what's here's what's scaring me about the Ravens game. I actually feel like we would be pretty well against you all if it wasn't for the fact that the beef of our line, and we saw this against the Patriots, Brandon Williams got hurt, left the game. Calais Campbell is already out, and LJ Fort was out. What that meant was the Ravens without their best run-stopping linebacker, their best run-stopping lineman, and their second-best run-stopping lineman. Against Derrick Henry, that is utterly terrifying. Now, 
Calais Campbell will not play this weekend. That's pretty much, uh, he didn't practice all week. It does not look like he will make it. Um, Brandon Williams did not practice all week. It does not look like he will make it. LJ Fort will be playing. So that is great. Mark Ingram, Pernell McPhee, both did not practice as well. Uh, but it looks like they're on the COVID list. I'm not sure if they'll get back in time. Uh, when I look down at the Tennessee Titans injuries for this week, it is a slew of did not participate on Thursday. Jadavian Clowney, any information? Looks like he's out. Uh, he played last week, and so I'm not really sure what's going on with Clowney. I don't know if it's just a bunch of maintenance stuff or okay. if he's you know if he's really hurt, but. Um, with the Titans, I, I'm really I've been saying this for a couple weeks now, but I'm still waiting on a Dory Jackson. Uh, he finally got activated from the IR last week, and so I'm hoping maybe this will be his debut. Uh, maybe not the game that we necessarily need him in, but I, I want him out there. Just get get your feet wet against Lamar. You know the Ravens aren't really dangerous in the past game, so nope. uh, I want to see the the backfield, the the defensive backs at full strength. I'm not sure what's going to go on with Clowney, but the Titans' pass rush is ass either way. So, Clowney or not, you know, he is a good run defender, and I guess that's what we need in this game, so I'm hoping he gets out there. Uh, but the the one positive thing I think about this game, or the one thing that gives me hope, is the fact that you guys can't pass for shit, and that is the Titans' biggest weakness right now. We can't stop the pass. I think the Titans' run defense is it's not great, but it's good enough. And so uh, maybe this is a game where we finally don't give up 300 yards passing. Yeah. And, you know, that that's going to be the recipe for, for a victory. If Lamar is out there just throwing the ball around like it's a schoolyard game, then it's over for us. I have wanted to see Lamar throw the ball a little more. Um, I, want, I, I don't want to abandon the run. Here's what I don't want us to do. Here's what I don't want the Ravens to do. Um, it's this thing where you run the ball on first down. The defense knows it's coming. They stop you. You turn around on second down now. They know it's a passing down. You try to get cute and you run it again. And now it's third and eight. It's just quarterbacks don't quarterbacks around the NFL don't do well when the defense knows exactly what you're going to give them. I want to see good balance from the offense. I also just want to see the Ravens go to more of a track meet style team. I, I want to see Duvernay out there with Boykin, with Andrews, uh, with uh des bryant i want the track team out there i want hollywood i want andrews i want duvernay i want the track kids out there let their speed go man now the reason why the ravens can't really let pass routes develop is their offensive line is terrible if your defensive line is banged up in this game as well that's going to help us out a lot um i want to real quick cover you tell me the importance of these players on the titans i'll tell you if they practiced or not on thursday or anytime this week Okay. Adore Jackson. <laughs> uh, very important. The most important, probably. But did, did he practice? Did Not he at all. Get out there. Nope. No practice Not, this week. I don't think he's playing then. Chris Jackson. Uh, he's a rookie. He's been injured for a couple weeks nope. now. I wouldn't say he's the most important piece, but I'd like to have him out there. He's he did not practice all week. Uh, is Ben Jones your starting center? Yes. He did not practice all week. That is a big problem. <laughs> uh, Roger Saffold. He also a big problem. He didn't practice either. Did not practice all week. Um, uh, yeah, this might be ugly. Dennis Kelly. Uh, the whole offensive line is hurt. <laughs> he did not practice yesterday either. AJ Brown. Uh, 
I'm not too concerned about AJ. What <laughs> okay. was the injury on him? Knee did not practice Thursday. Okay. He's been missing practice a lot lately, but I think he'll be okay. This is something to watch when it comes to this game. Now, I will tell you this. I already took the Tennessee Titans and bet on them plus six and a half. I it's, think you made a mistake. You just listed the whole offense. I know. Line. I know, but we don't have any. Here's the only thing that's going to save you. I don't have a defensive line. <laughs> I don't. Both teams Instead are. Instead of strength on strength, this is just going to be trash on trash. It's going to be trash. I think this is going to be a high scoring game because we really are going to struggle to get after your quarterback. Um, Here's some things for us that are out. Uh, Anthony Levine did not practice. He's a he's kind of a tweener for us, DB linebacker. Jimmy Smith has been kind of our uh, – we, we put him in safety, cornerback, did not practice Wednesday, limited practice Thursday. Brandon Williams out for the game. Um, Orlando Brown Jr., our tackle, he was limited practice on Wednesday. Uh, it, he he's, was listed as not injury-related, but we'll see. LJ Fort does come back. Uh, Pernell McPhee, who's been a big run stopper for us, big run stopper, did not practice. Mark Ingram, uh, who I think J.K. Dobbins is better than Mark Ingram. Mark Ingram brings you the best of every world. He's a good in-between. He's not playing. And like I said, Calais Campbell's out. So uh, I think when you go, oh, man, it looks like the Titans are going to have a bunch of offensive linemen out. I turn around and go, yeah, but all of the Ravens defensive linemen are out. I mean, we'll have Yannick, and maybe Yannick gets it done, but he's been pretty much a disappointment to this point. Um, and I think the Titans, they have an idea of how to yep. deal with Yannick. Yep, and that's it. It's not like you have to deal with Calais and Yannick, you know, where they're like, oh, Calais is going to eat your interior alive. You don't. Calais is not going to play this week. And if, if I'm reading the tea leaves, I think the Ravens are going to try to get this done with mainly backups. We turn around and play Thursday against the Steelers. An ugly fucking oh, yeah. game. So, so you guys are probably much more focused on that Steelers game than this one. It's a problem. So I like Tennessee plus six and a half. I think the Ravens, if you were to give it to me, will win this game by three to four. Um, but look, I could see either team winning. Both these teams are pretty banged up. The Ravens have already lost two of their linemen. So it's not like where when you go, you know, I can't, I'm not going to list that our left tackle, all pro left tackle, Ronnie Stanley's on the injury report. He's out for the year. So we're, the injuries to the Ravens' offensive line have already happened. If they take right. any more... Titans lost Taylor Lewan as well, right. starting left tackle. It's tough to make it through the year without your left tackle. It just is, for, the, for what it does to your offense. Um, a lot of these teams, you look around the NFL, and their left tackles, if they're a number one team, their left tackle's most likely intact. So it's a tough position to overcome. Both these teams don't have their left tackle. Um, so I, I think we're gonna we're gonna get down to the nitty gritty. Um, any score predictions? I'm gonna go with twenty eight to twenty four Titans. I'm Derek gonna... Henry seals the game at the end. Yeah, I, I honestly think whoever has the ball at the end of the game is gonna run the clock out. Um, and they'll win. I think 28-24 is right in line with what I have for the Ravens. I actually think it'll be more of like a 27-24 game. Um, a couple field goals, a couple touchdowns, defenses defenses trying to patch things together but really relying on the offense to not be able to execute. For Tennessee, it may be the offensive line not being able to execute. For the Ravens, it might be the defensive line not being able to execute. So uh, it's going to come down to the trenches as most games do. It will be a good game, and we have a slew of fucking great games this week. So uh, it's exciting. Any parting thoughts? I have my eyes on Miami again. We didn't talk about them in this podcast, but 
Uh, they're going against a shorthanded Denver team. Um, if they're for real, and I, I'm starting to think they might be for real, then I'm looking for them to have a blowout of the yep. Denver Broncos. Uh, Drew Locke, I think, is going to be out again uh, with a shoulder injury. And so I want to see how for real Miami is because you've been on them from the beginning. I was a little skeptical, but now I'm, uh, I'm on the train with you. And so now every week I'm kind of peeking over there like, what are they doing? They're a good team. They're going to be feisty. They're going to make the playoffs. Uh, you know, if we want to run through some of the, some of the spreads I like this weekend real quick. Um, yeah, go ahead. Jacksonville and Tennessee. Uh, Jacksonville and the Steelers play. Okay, the Steelers are giving up ten and a half. Do you think that Jacksonville is better than Cincy? No. Okay. The the Steelers murdered Cincinnati. They're going to murder Jacksonville. Now the the Steelers could be looking forward to that Thursday night game. Okay, they they could hundred percent. I still think ten and a half for the Jaguars is a fuckload of points. I'm going to keep an eye on the weather, but I think this is going to be a game where if Gardner Minshew's not playing, the Steelers are going to harass the crap out of whoever Jacksonville starts on offense. And it's going to, there's going to be turnovers galore. It's going to be ugly. So minus 10.5, if the weather stays to where it's not rainy or windy, I'm going to really like that 10.5. Um, last week, you know, I went the other way. I said I like Jacksonville with all those points against Green Bay. That was a big part to do with the weather. Uh, this hey, we won that one. We won that one. This time I look at the other way around. Uh, here's another one that I've got my eyes on that I'm a little interested in. Teddy Bridgewater not playing against the Lions. Uh, I'm going to keep an eye on the weather here. It should be all right down in Carolina. But the Lions only giving up two and a half. Uh, I really like that against this Panthers team, which, like I said, I, I thought would burn out towards the end of the year, and here they are burning out. Um, without Teddy Bridgewater, uh, without Christian McCaffrey, I think they'll keep their fundamental together, but I think the Lions are going to have that. I'm going to keep an eye on this game, but it's something I'm watching. Hey, do you see we have a next coach fired bowl over there in, uh, with uh, Chargers, Jets? Yeah, I was actually going to... And then Adam Gates was going to be the first one. Here's the other thing. I Tell me why the Chargers have given up nine and a half. Humor I, me. I do not know. <laughs> uh, I'm taking that on principle. I'll be taking the Jets plus nine and a half. The, the Chargers have two wins, everybody. Uh, I think the Jets have a lot of injuries in their secondary. Uh, that might have something to do with it. So what? Anthony Lynn with a lead is just going to run the fucking ball. Like, this is a <laughs> game that Anthony Lynn just sweats out the whole game for no fucking reason. Like, honest to God, it, whoever, if I'll put it this way. If Anthony Lynn doesn't cover the spread, he should be fired. If the Jets can't stay within the spread, they should be fired. I, I just you are going to be dealing with two levels of incompetence. So I actually really like the plus nine and a half. I go you, the Chargers minus nine and a half. I don't care who you're playing. Just sign me up for it. Two, you're you're what? You're two and seven. You're two and seven, and you're giving up nine and a half. Yeah, but they're playing the Jets. I don't care who they're playing. Tell me why they should be getting points. Tell me why I, they should I, be getting I, nine. What I know is that my goal in life is to have Adam Gase's type of job security. Yeah. I, how are you that bad at your job and keep it? Well, he's really good at his job because his job right now is to get the number one seed. So that's why they're not going to touch it. That's why they're not touching him. All right. That's his new job. That wasn't yeah, his I know. Job. I know. Yeah, as soon as the new regime came in there, they were like, no, new job. You keep doing what you're doing, buddy. You're killing it. <laughs> so, all right. Um, that does it for us, uh, NFL edition. What are we, week 11 now? For fuck's oh, sake. Man. It just goes. All right, week 11. We're not, we're not, we still have a couple more weeks of Thursday and Monday night football, but that'll be gone soon. Um, 
You can follow me. Yeah, NBA back here. We do get the weeks. NBA. It's going to be great to transition into that, and we're going to have some. We got to go through NBA season long bets too. Uh, we will start doing an NBA pod and NBA NFL pod every week, like we just did for you here. Uh, remember, rate, subscribe, review. You can find me at Pick and Play Thirty Seven on Twitter. You can find Leo at Pick and Scroll. Uh, ask us any questions. Reach out about the pod. We'd love to hear the feedback. Keep it coming. Uh, thanks to all the listeners overseas. Weird, but we love it. Uh, and um, remember. Crazy world out there. Stay safe.